0: indiana is now in session the honorable mark bailey of decatur county presiding with the honorable diana wisman of dearborn county and the honorable peter foley of morgan county you may be
1: Good morning. This matter comes to us on an appeal from Daniel Criswell as the appellant versus Douglas G. Carter as superintendent of the Indiana State Police and the Indiana State Police as defendants and appellees in this case. Uh, Mr. Uh, B- Barrow? Caras? Okay, you're here with Mr. Morgan, is that correct? Uh, and you have 15 minutes and five minutes reserved. And Mr. Barrow, uh, you're going to be arguing on behalf of the state. And Mr. Jones is here with you. Is that correct? Ms. Barrow, you're going to make the arguments. Okay. Uh, Mr. Corraz, the case is with you. Thank you, Your Honor. May it please support?
2: My name is Jared.
3: talk a little bit about the position where we stand here. It's a little bit unusual because typically cases come to us from the, the trial court is, is, who's in the role as a fact finder, maybe from a jury trial, directly to us for review. But we're several layers into review deep in this particular case because it's an administrative review process. So we had uh, a situation where the Superintendent Carter terminated Criswell then he went to all six of the ISP review board and all six voted to uphold the termination. Then it went to a trial court who affirmed. So at this point, being so deep into the review process, can you win if we don't reweigh the evidence, which we're not supposed yes. to do? First of all, it's
2: not that we should
1: What deference do we have to give to the trial courts?
2: You the
0: Then to characterize the issue with respect to the criminal mischief allegation, you characterize it then as a question of fact that we're reviewing the factual finding, or are we re- reviewing an issue of law?
4: We're
2: reviewing an issue of law, and in a couple of different ways. So, me, the the ownership issue was contested
3: but there was also evidence that it belonged to her.
2: happening
1: Saying that the finding of substantial evidence is a finding as a matter of law.
0: Facts into the um, rule of law that we're considering, then. It's, it's the question that then becomes the rule or the uh, law with respect to what is substantial evidence. And is that not um, the amounts to something more than a scintilla, but less than a preponderance somewhere in there?
2: Yes. And I would say this It is incumbent on the state police to prove all three elements before the charge. But they only have to choose to prove each element with some substantial evidence. And that is a lower standard of the Congress,
3: far lower than... So we have two things here, though. We have the issue with the car, but we also have an interference with the internal investigation. Even if we assume the car was his, and we we agree with you there, determination can still be upheld by the interference charge, correct? It
2: could be upheld. It could be upheld. Yes. Now, the question might be, that that may be... Another question, that you really have to watch before, is do you begin to demand to determine whether or not the penalty imposed by the court would be the same penalty and
3: only well, I want to go in a little bit of a different direction with you because you mentioned some concern about the the language, and we do a lot of things every day in looking at words and what they mean. And he was accused of interfering with a prosecution when what was apparently meant was an internal investigation.
4: Well, let
2: me say this, because this is very important.
3: Because there was never a prosecution with the car, so so he couldn't have interfered with the prosecution.
1: So is there no rule or regulation within the state police that uh, precludes an officer under investigation from interfering with an internal investigation?
2: It was excised out at the time Mr. Preslow asked for clarification of the charge against him. So Mr. Preslow was on notice that he was charged with interfering with an internal investigation, interfering with the prosecution of the prosecutor's office, not internal an investigation.
1: And it was presented to the prosecutor, and the prosecutor declined to prosecute.
0: So, so let me um, dovetail on that point. Um, so again, as you mentioned earlier, what we're reviewing is the board's decision, correct? Yes. The review board. Yes. All right. So um, with was was the issue raised and presented and the evidence presented to the review board, um, interference with prosecution because they're two they're two portions of the same regulation, correct? In that other words important. in other words, was the, the evidence to make the analogy, was the evidence of trial at the fact finding hearing evidence of interference with the investigation internal are evidence presented to the interference with prosecution. At the
2: area, State airfare. in were airfares with internal investigation. I think even in their opening statement, they made a statement that fact, even though that was not true. And then when you go and look at the findings of fact, um, they really focused on an airfare not with the accessing the RMS system, but with, but with the sufficient piece of evidence that that they first listened and then said because it was contradictory to something else that it constituted a construction of a
3: We don't have a notice problem though. He was on notice that what he was really being accused of was accessing these internal records involving the investigation because his his defense to that was I wanted to see what the other officers might have seen regarding me. It wasn't that his defense wasn't I went to the prosecutor's office or I didn't do that.
2: That was a statement. The criminal investigation just a criminal investigation. It's Lieutenant Dean, who is a lawyer for the state place, said it's a criminal investigation. He says prosecution prosecution's in the prosecutor's office, it's RMS system, and RMS is an exclusive
3: but how does that explain his defense or his response to that? Because his response to that is I was looking into these files to see what other officers were saying about me.
2: They asked about that, they asked
3: But is it reasonable to assume that he believed that when he accessed the internal records four hundred and forty-five times?
2: You have to charges made you.
1: And that's true in the criminal realm, uh, how true is it with regard to an administrative? Uh... That's
2: equally true. The standard of proofs are different, but the interests are the same. Sure have to answer. Shouldn't sure have to deal with
4: them or she answer to what you're charged with? And if you want to give a fair chance to preparing as he time is
1: up. with it. All right, thank you, Mr. Thank you. Uh Carras, you have five minutes in rebuttal. Miss Barrow? Uh we may be uh familiar with the case more so than the audience. I know we've provided them with a Short summary, but if you could uh, provide us with a short summary of the facts.
4: The facts. Yes, sir.
1: This is an administrative board consisting of what six individuals, uh, and they are charged specifically because there are so many state agencies under the executive branch. They're charged with reviewing uh, matters strictly associated with the state police. Is that right? Okay. And once they've made their decision, uh, they uh, the agreed party can take an appeal and kind of hit the restart button and go to the trial court. Is that right? Yes, it's, it's... To it's, some it's limit. It is the Yes. Find a petition with the issue of in the trial court, and uh, in that process it is
4: all uh, controlled by statute.
1: What are the lim- what are the limitations? What's the review, standard of review for the trial court and reviewing administrative action? for
4: the review of the trial court is that is the same as this court's review? whether uh, substantial evidence supports agent.
3: So, Ms. Farrow, there might be a constitutional issue with the notice. Can you speak to the fact that the charge said that he was accused of interfering with a prosecution instead of an internal investigation? Yes. When the fight, he started an investigation.
4: So there is
3: an overlap in, in of what. Um, it was the state police conducting the investigation um, or the prosecutor. But could Mr. C- or Officer Criswell have been honestly confused about what he was facing when he went into these proceedings? Because he's charged with interfering with a prosecution, not an internal investigation. Those are terms of art that mean different things.
4: Well, we- the, the, the evidence, the specific evidence for we can use
0: Well, let me ask you then the question. The term of art is interference with a prosecution. Is is that term limited for a time period of investigation of prosecution, or solely to a time period of uh, once charges are filed, or there's an indictment, or a charging information? Thereafter, In other words, does, is prosecution broader than simply have filed charges in a criminal court? received written
4: charges in March 2018. The charge
3: regarding the interview for the prosecution, how would And just to clarify, by written charges, you mean in context of his employment situation, not criminal charges. Yes. Thank you.
4: After business, after,
1: What is RMS? The records of the system. So the computer records of the Indiana State Police, he was going through those while he was under investigation. Is that what you're saying? And
4: until December of 2017, five people suspended The letter from the superintendent suspended him. This letter is dated October 2nd, 2017. specifically told him his law enforcement authority testimony from Sergeant White is that reviewing records on the records management system was considered an unfortunate activity. And so he was not authorized to go into the system. And particularly looking at an investigation in his own conduct and the evidence showed that he attempted to
3: Investigation So he accessed it, if I understand the record correctly, about 445 or 50 times during the process of this investigation. And he also, after accessing this, do I understand the record correctly, is when he it's the the Passan affidavit was uploaded into the RMS system, and then he was accessing the RMS system, and then four days later he presents a different bill of sale. sale. So it's in, the implication is that he's trying to respond to these accusations in real time by looking at evidence that he's not entitled to view. Is that correct?
4: That is correct. And, um, sorry.
3: It wasn't just the bill of sale, though, because didn't the officer suspect this when he came to the interview prepared to answer questions in a way that seemed unusually adept at having knowledge of information he shouldn't have had access to? Is that accurate?
0: So that brings to bear a question I had on the interference allegation. In order for the, uh, to prove that, for the department to be able to prove interference, it wasn't, was it simply that he accessed the RMS or had to do some other action thereafter?
4: It's not clear from the record. If if all they saw was that he had been reading the the records on the system, if that would have been enough from the interference part, The only reason that the state police did an audit of the records was this concern with the fact that he provided Sergeant White his own bill of sale shortly after he would have seen that on the records medical system and the fact that then Sergeant White would interview him. He had some knowledge of the investigation.
1: That's what caused him to go look at the uh, electronic records of the state police, right? I'm sorry. That's what caused him to go look and see who had been accessing the electronic records of the state police. Well,
4: he had he had started uh, looking at those records in October.
1: Well, he wasn't he wasn't was he suspended at that point? He was sus- After the suspension. Right. After the suspension. What if, What about before the suspension? Would he, he would not be charged with interference at that point, even if- Right, before the suspension, um do you, do you like any other uh, state trooper would have been able to access to the registration system? Uh... And, and uh, I guess to Judge Foley's question, just to follow up, if he would have only accessed those records, that would have been one thing but it was in accessing the cr- records that caused the troop the investigator to look further and then we have this alternative bill of sale to uh, create an alternative narrative with regard to the investigation is it the is it the bill of sale the alternative bill of sale that constitutes the substantial evidence of interference that- What is it about being knowledgeable about your case that's an interference? I mean, when we get to trial, the defendant's supposed to have all the discovery evidence anyway. So if he's, and in, uh, in, certainly uh, it alleviates the state's burden if the defendant has the information, they don't need any discovery from the state. So accessing the records, I understand, may very well be an administrative uh, rule violation under state police rules and regulations, but with regard to the substantial uh, uh, evidence of an interference, what is the linchpin associated with that? Heard, right?
4: Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, and he admitted that he had seen the assault on the state. And so he proved his own sale. But the report was shown that he owned
3: the car at the time that he threw the lockpick. The state police made some specific findings, or the state police board made some specific findings on that and linked it up by saying it was the combination. I'm looking at uh, findings 82 through 84 in the findings and conclusions. But they, they linked it up, it wasn't just the access. It was, he was saying he had an innocent motive and they're saying that had he been concerned by he was saying, I was concerned about what people were seeing. They made a conclusion that it was more likely he would have actually contacted somebody in the chain of command rather than seeking a solution, and he admitted to reacting to what he had seen in the RMS by providing that written bill of sale, and that was enough. Is that enough for us? Yes, it is, because uh, there
4: this court.
3: So we don't reweigh evidence. We could only reverse if we find that finding completely arbitrary and capricious. We can reverse this is if we do a re- weighing of the evidence.
4: And, and.
3: wife's testimony that the car wasn't hers is it that's a lot of what the appellant is saying is that well she testified it wasn't hers so we should believe that
4: right.
0: They've isolated the pass on bill of sale as um, contrary to the testimony that was provided at trial or at the hearing, fact finding hearing, by Passon and Stephanie, correct? Correct. And, uh any. going to ask what other evidence of ownership in Stephanie is there besides the pass-on bill of say is there any well the,
4: the passons are according to starting five they told that they thought that the said Wasn't the car titled to Stephanie through the
3: BMW?
1: Cover up is more egregious than the crime. I mean, isn't that what we're really looking at here? Uh, uh, Whether whether or not uh, it was a criminal act or not, it was an investigation, and in order to uh, cover up the uh, evidence associated with that initial investigation, we end up having uh, alternative bills of sale and. search into records that uh, he was not authorized at the time to investigate or look into.
0: Um to a, a statement by Mr. Coraz. Um, if, the, if this court were to find um, one of the allegations supported, one of them not, uh, Mr. Coraz, I think suggested that there would be a remedy of remand for a uh, determination of, of penalty or sanction. Is that viable?
4: No. The superintendent testified that either the charges.
1: Thank you, Mr. Uh, Barrow. Uh, Mr. Correz, uh I think we gave Ms. Barrow an extra minute, so you can have an extra minute, but there's no penalty for stopping early. Okay. Part of that notice, and whether or not he's prejudiced by it, is what type of alternative defense would have been presented had he been given notice that it was an administrative hearing versus a criminal investigation. Well, that's why I'm asking you what. how would he have prepared differently if it...
0: preserving the air if it was the air to proceed on the allegations of the uh, interference with the prosecution versus interference with an internal investigation was there any um, uh, legal obligation to preserve that before the review board rather than raising it on appeal
2: I don't think so I think that um, the the record before the review board is extensive, and there are objections. I can't say to you right now with assurance that that was objected to, but but there was a lot of things in that hearing that went on that were raised, and that was and that issue was raised in the judicial review before the trial court. But uh, I can't. Well, at least I can't in the
0: civil context in civil trials, um, it, it could be as pled or as tried. Yes, and and is that an analogy we would use here?
2: I I think so, I think so.
0: So
1: if oh, we, well, give, I'm
2: sorry, uh, I, I misstated. No, I, I no, no meant, it, yeah. it, not as planned. You have to respond to what's planned. What happens at trial is not is not. I don't mean to say that's not a waiver of the issue. When you're in trial and you get. Something comes up unexpected. You deal with it as best you can, but that doesn't mean that you acquiesce to being tried on something you weren't charged with. But you still have to do your best when you're there to respond. So, uh, let me—that's uh, my clarification on how that.
1: Do you, uh, how do you respond to the superintendent's determination that either one of these would have been sufficient to discharge?
2: That's not—that's not exactly what he said. It was a little bit. Ambivalent. He said, I think he used either one could result. And and but he didn't say definitely would. He also said he might not have terminated him if he had found remorse or more appreciation for the wrongfulness of his conduct. So it's a little bit ambiguous about what he testified specifically to. Could you remand it and end up with a discharge? Yes. Could you remand it and end up with a suspension? Yes. Uh, It changes what you're looking at completely. The superintendent was mostly upset by the rock-throwing incident, and yet he said that he didn't care who owned the car. And that's in his testimony. So when when they affirmed his finding that she owned the car, he didn't make that finding. He said he didn't care. Um, so again, if it were to re- reman- were remanded on that basis, you might get a different result. You-, you just can't say it's speculative, but it would require, I think, a remand. Um, were there any other questions that you'd like to ask me?
1: No, we're good, Mr. Coraz. Anything else you'd like to say before we adjourn?
2: I think. I'm done. Thank you very much. And I would like to say this is a unique and really lovely atmosphere to do a Court of Appeal argument. I've never done anything like this before. And thank the school. It's very nice. Very nice.
1: Thank you, sir. Well, thanks very much for the uh, well-prepared arguments both the State through Mrs. Ms. Barrow and uh, Mr. Correz did today. Uh, typically, we would adjourn and uh, go back to our chambers. and. Uh, have a conversation about how this case should be resolved but because we are in such a fine facility here today with the east central high school trojans uh, we are going to adjourn here momentarily and step out from behind the bench and answer questions you may have about anything other than this case we just heard and you also may ask questions of the lawyers if they uh, are so inclined to answer uh, uh, but we don't want to exclude them and before we adjourn, though, I'd like to thank the government teacher, Tyler Dysing, for organizing the event, and Principal Tom Black and Assistant Principals Chad Sweeney and James, uh, Jamie Rosen, Rosefeld for supporting the opportunity to have us here today. Special thanks to uh, Dearborn County, Ohio County Prosecutor, Lynn Deben- Dedens. I think uh, uh, the prosecutor uh, is the only prosecutor in the state of Indiana that represents two counties. Uh, Judge John Cleary, Dearborn County Superior Court, and Dearborn County Bar Association for their interest, and also uh, we have Judge McLaughlin and Judge Negengaard as well who are here with us today, and we thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule uh, in the Dearborn County courts to come and participate in this. this activity. And by the way, if you have questions for your local judges, I think they'd be more than happy to answer as well. So don't exclude them from the opportunity to to uh, share with you today. So with that, Bailiff.
0: All This is now adjourned.